Tickets are going fast for America Fest. Make sure you go get your order in right now, tpusa.com backslash America Fest. Just go ahead while you've got this show on in the background. I know you're looking at your phone. I know you're doing other stuff. Just take a second. You're like, Jack, you say it every day. I know. To let today be the day that you go, put your podcast app in the background, pull up your browser, tpusa.com backslash America Fest. Promo code is POSO, capital P-O-S-O. You get 25% off. Just go and do it today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today's top stories. A new motion has just been released, claiming by the defense team in the Kyle Rittenhouse case that prosecutors withheld exculpatory video evidence. We'll get into it next. An FBI whistleblower has come out to expose a national counterterrorism operation that has been launched against parents at school board meetings. Next. President Biden begged China to release their oil reserves during the Chairman Xi call. Is this a quid pro quo? And finally, a new CBS whistleblower is out telling Project Veritas that journalists are now taught to not be objective anymore. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. A new motion out in the Kyle Rittenhouse case, this is just breaking today, that the defense team is claiming now as part of their motion for a mistrial with prejudice. So that would remove all charges and double jeopardy would apply. They could not bring new charges against Kyle if this is upheld. But the prosecutors in this case withheld exculpatory video evidence from the defense team. I can tell you that Human Events Daily first learned of this situation all the way back on Saturday morning. Remember, I've been talking, this program has been talking about that video and the situation regarding that video for days now. Now we can confirm and officially release because the motion is out that this is all about the fact that those prosecutors, Binger and Lunchbox, did not provide the original video evidence to them. What happened? Well, essentially, they sent a standard definition, a low-quality version of that drone footage to Kyle's defense team. But to the prosecutors, they had kept the high-definition, original-quality version of it for themselves. And they actually admitted it at the trial. Catch this exchange. It's very, very short, so I want to make sure you hear this, because they actually admitted it when the judge sat down and they brought up the 4K TV and they talked about there being two separate versions of the files, one that they had that was better and clearer than the one the defense had. Take a listen. This is the same quality as our version, is it? Yeah. yeah. Our version is much our version is much clearer. So go in and watch these videos. Watch the first video, standard definition. This was the one that was given to the defense. And then watch the HD video that the defense didn't even find out about until Friday, the last day of evidence. The trial ended. You couldn't add more evidence. Then Saturday, Binger sends over the new file to the defense team. This is a huge issue because withholding evidence means that you deliberately tainted the trial. This is a huge issue. 
This is absolutely prosecutorial misconduct, and quite frankly, it doesn't matter. From a legal perspective, from the matter of law, it does not matter if this was inadvertent or deliberate. It does not matter. Kyle Rittenhouse's team was not able to answer. You notice they weren't really, you know, they didn't really have a strong answer to that doctored image, that tampered image that we were talking about. Why is that? Well, it's because they didn't know about it. They didn't know any of this was going to come up until they were actually at the trial because on their version of it, they couldn't see it because they were only given the low quality version. Now, I tweeted last night, by the way, some information I got, it was scuttlebutt. There's federal agents, of course, throughout Kenosha right now that the jurors are worried about threats to them, threats to their lives, threats to their families. We've already seen threats to the judge. And you know that the mainstream media will work to dox every single one of those jurors for the mob, for the benefit of the mob and stochastic violence, if an acquittal is found. This is the country that we live in now. Do you wanna live in this country? Do you wanna live in a country where the mob rules? Do you wanna live in a country where the mob wins? That's not the United States of America. That's not the country I wanna live in. That's not the country that I want my children to be raised in. I don't want my boys to ever be put in the same situation that Kyle Rittenhouse is because of the mob and the government and the state that completely veiled him. So if that weren't crazy enough in the Kyle Rittenhouse case, we've got another crazy one. This is going to be the lead story, and it should be the lead story across all media today. An FBI whistleblower has come forward to the Republicans in the House of Representatives blowing the whistle on a counterterrorism operation that has been launched against parents in the United States. You have now been declared a domestic terrorist by your government, by your federal national security agencies. If you oppose CRT, if you oppose wokeness in schools, they're coming for you. The regime is coming for you. So I've talked about this again and again. The FBI is not on your side. The national security state, the IC, all the rest, they're not on your side. Now maybe there's a few patriots in there, like this whistleblower. But there are so many people at the higher echelons and the leadership that they've created a culture of corruption that's become so corrupt that they could even see parents looking out for their kids, parents worried about child abuse in schools, also government schools, by the way, as terrorists, as domestic terrorists. Tucker Carlson had a new documentary out. He said that a domestic war on terror was coming. The media went after him for it. They, they attacked him, ridiculed him, called for it to be banned, called for him to be fired. Well, guess what? What could you call this other than a domestic war on terror? So I'm gonna read the email that's been leaked, but listen to A.G. Garland when he was asked about this specific set of questions testifying in the Senate just recently. That seemed like an act of domestic terrorism that you or your Justice Department ought to be investigating? Absolutely not, and I wanna be clear, the Justice Department uh, supports and defends the First Amendment right of parents to complain as vociferously as they wish about the education of their uh, children, about the curriculum taught in the schools. That is not what the memorandum is about at all, nor does it use the words domestic terrorism or Patriot Act. Like you, I can't imagine any circumstance in which the Patriot Act 
would be used in the circumstances uh, of parents complaining about their children, nor can I imagine a circumstance where they would be labeled as domestic terrorism. Thank you. I'm, I'm nearly out of time, so let me just conclude with this. We and just watching the clip, obviously that was the Congress, not the Senate. Here's what's going on. Here's what's going on. They knew about this beforehand. And that's why Garland, I think, has been going just nuts lately, going after Veritas, going after Bannon, going after anyone who's a dissident to the regime. Listen to this. On October 4th, 2021, the Attorney General forwarded a memorandum addressing a spike in harassment, intimidation, and threats against school, administ school administrators, board members, teachers, and staff. The memo directed each U.S. attorney in coordination with the FBI to convene meetings with state, federal, local, and tribal territorial leaders in each federal district within 30 days in issuance of the memo. Uh, they've conducted this between the relevant divisions, and as a result, the counterterrorism and criminal divisions created a threat tag, the EDU officials, EDU officials, to track instances of related threats. We ask that your offices apply the threat tag to investigations and assessments of threats specifically directed against school board members, board, uh, administrators, teachers, and staff. The purpose of the threat tag is to help scope the threat on a national level and provide an opportunity for comprehensive analysis of the threat picture for effective engagement with law enforcement partners at all levels. When evaluating potential threats, we ask you to attempt to identify the following. Is there a federal nexus? Are there potential federal violations that can be investigated and charged? What's the motivation behind the criminal activity? Ladies and gentlemen, congratulations. You're now a domestic terrorist. Garland, which, and, and by the way, the FBI, they don't even mention anything here. What is the potential federal violation? That doesn't matter. We'll find one. You know, the motto of the KGB used to be, show me the man, I'll show you the crime. You target the individual first that you want to go after, and then you find some crime to pin on them. That's not justice. That's not truth. These are the actions of a decaying, failing, and declining regime. They are lashing out at dissidents. They're lashing out at patriots. They're lashing out at anyone who stands in their way. And I know, I know you're gonna sit there and say, but, but Poso, I, I watch all the TV shows and all my favorite TV heroes, the X-Files and, and, and all the rest, they're FBI. FBI is so great, they're so good, they're my friends. I love them. I love all those characters on TV. And I'm, I'm here to tell you, that's Hollywood. You fell for it. You fell for a Hollywood illusion. It's never been, it's been smoke and mirrors. You want to learn about the FBI? Go read about uh, Waco, Ruby Ridge, Alex Clark, my colleague over at Politics, just did two excellent mini docs on Waco and Ruby Ridge. Go learn the truth about the FBI. Go learn the truth about how this agency has been treating people for so long in this country. If they don't like you, they immediately declare you a domestic terrorist. This agency needs to be reformed and it needs it now. Thank you so much for continuing to watch us, continuing to support us, support our show. And you know, we're actually gonna be hitting 2 million downloads very soon. So I wanna thank you so much for that. It's just, it's just, it's an honor. God bless all of you. Thank you for your continued support. Go to mypillow.com, continue to support us. Use promo code POSO, get your orders in. Now, Christmas is coming up so fast. I know Thanksgiving is next week. 
Thanksgiving is next week, and what does that mean? That means that Christmas shopping officially begins. Don't wait. Get in now, get your orders in now, because you know that because of President Biden and his insanity, that transportation is going to be all screwed up. And that, believe it or not, is actually what our next story is about. So, when President Biden talked to Xi Jinping, and I talked yesterday about how he kowtowed, he bowed before Xi Jinping, he reportedly begged Xi Jinping to release oil reserves, China's strategic petroleum reserves, during the call. Is this a quid pro quo? From Zero Hedge has the article up. Unless you've lived under a rock or have been high for 11 months, you'd be well aware of two things. Filling up your car or grocery shopping has never cost you more money, and the president seems completely unable to do anything about that. And you've seen, of course, this affect his poll standings. As detailed earlier, the two main options being discussed are number one, releasing oil from the U.S. Strategic Petroleum Reserve or instituting a ban on U.S. crude exports. And both are expected by experts to result in higher oil gasoline prices and only provide very brief, if any, relief at the pump. But the South China Morning Post has reported that President Biden asked Chairman Xi during their virtual meeting overnight to release China's oil reserves as part of an economic cooperation pact. According to a source familiar with the matter, the U.S. has asked China to release oil reserves to help stabilize soaring international crude prices. One of the pressing issues for both sides is energy supply, the person said, which made us wonder just what China would want to give up some of that supply for, to help its arch competitor on the global hegemon stage. Currently, according to the SCMP, the energy departments from both sides are negotiating the details. However, analysts point out, from a technical perspective, it's not the right time for China to do so. But the U.S. indeed has the motivation because of its high inflation. China's crude reserve is equivalent to only about 40 or 50 days of imports compared to the U.S. size of 90 days of consumption. So what would the U.S. under President Biden be giving up for this? What could it be? What could it be? What could it be? Could it be maybe Taiwan? Listen to President Biden when he was asked this very question. Mr. President, what happens next on Taiwan? You said you talked to President Xi about it, but it's clear that there's a lot of tension on both sides. Nothing. Nothing happens. We're not going to change that policy at all. Can you clarify what the policy is? Because you said today independence, and in the past no, you said... No, no. I said that they have to decide. They, Taiwan, not us. And we are not encouraging independence. We're encouraging that they do exactly what the Taiwan Act requires. And that's what we're doing. Let them make up their mind. Period. Can Taiwan you give us any more specifics up. about what you talked about last night on this topic? I, we talked for three and a half hours. And that's the essence of the bottom line. Look, I made it clear. I guess Hunter Biden's art sales have been going well lately. I guess that all of... The grease is on the skids in terms of this. Folks, we know that Biden was kowtowing to Xi. And we were wondering, we were trying to figure out what is the purpose for such a humiliating display. And now we know what it is. This administration cut the U.S. domestic supply. Their first few acts of, in office, the first day in office, 
they cut our US strategic economic resource. And that's why I'm always telling people, take the Alaska pill. We have all the resources we need for generations in Alaska, both in terms of petroleum and in terms of rare earth minerals. Number two, take the Greenland pill. We need to buy and acquire Greenland, no question about it. Because of course, the PRC, the CCP, they are getting right into Greenland and they're going for what? The rare earth minerals. Our country is run by idiots. It's actually run by idiots. So instead, instead of actually just using the resources that we have here in the United States, we are going to give up Taiwan without a fight. We're going, an economic fight, of course, is what I'm saying. We're gonna give it up. We're gonna be humiliated. And we're gonna be a vassal state, a declined power, a tributary. Giving up Taiwan is tribute to the CCP. Whose truth matters? My truth, your truth, Wikipedia's truth, President Biden's truth, Jen Psaki's truth. Well, it used to be that there was objective truth, but now we don't have that anymore. And according to CBS now, thanks to Project Veritas, we found out from a whistleblower that even CBS internally admits they are no longer objective. Listen to this incredibly, I wish I could say it was shocking, but we knew it was like this behind the scenes. But the power of James O'Keefe and the reason they're trying to shut him down is because he proves what's going on behind the scenes. Listen to this. I don't want to destroy the news. I don't want to, I don't want anybody to get fired. I want people to change and realize that they are supposed to be objective. I challenge you to stop thinking in terms of objective journalism because, and we'll t discuss why that's not really feasible anymore. I don't really care if people trust us or not. You still got to do your job. So, I mean, that's the least of my concerns, whether they trust me or not. Objectivity and trust are two of the cornerstones of journalism. But inside one of the nation's largest media companies, writers, producers, editors, reporters, and anchors are literally being trained to not be objective. And in the words of that news anchor from Houston, they do not care if they lose your trust. Wouldn't they want to be trusted? To me, that seems like that's part of the job, that you need trust to be able to do your job. Your, tr your job is to inform. And if you can't trust who you're getting that news from, you're not doing your job. And that's just what one whistleblower is telling us from inside a CBS television affiliate in San Antonio, Texas. I'm coming from seeing this every day. I mean, I would tell people, my friends, family, about, hey, you can't trust the news. This is, this is, you're being manipulated. Well, how do you know? I work in the news. Brett Mauser is a promotions producer at KNS5, which is owned by Tegna. Tegna is a media company that owns 64 television stations and two radio stations in 51 markets and boasts a reach of 39% of all TV households nationwide. Ironically, on its website, Tegna says it produces trusted, impactful, and innovative content that helps bring positive change to their communities. However, change is happening inside Tegna, and it's not all positive. Let's talk about Grady Tripp, also at Canis 5, diversity inclusivity training officer at Tegna. Tegna owns the station. It's kind of sorry, not sorry for the statement that I'm making there. At this point, if you're not listening to a podcast or looking at a video or reading any of the information that's out as far as equality and social justice and race, you don't care. And I don't. I don't I don't know how else to say it, because it's, it's there. We're going to be 
holding stations accountable because we know it's important to the organization. KPIs are going to change. So I keep talking about this, right? Look at the judge in the Kyle Rittenhouse case. Look, let me tie segment one and segment four together here. That judge is great because he stands on principle. He stands for the law, he stands for the system, and he stands for objective truth and objective reality. Yet you're hearing now that for millennials, Zoomers, they don't care about objective truth. They don't even believe in objective truth. So what's going to happen when guys like that 75-year-old judge, Judge Schroeder, he's doing a great job. What happens when they're gone? And millennials are the ones, millennials like these CBS reporters, and lawyers like Binger are the ones running the bench. We will no longer live in the same country. I don't know what it'll be, but it won't be America. All right, well, that's all the time for Human Events Daily. Thank you for being a part of this audience. It's so important. Nearly 2 million downloads for the Human Events team. Be the influence agent. Share this out with your normie friends and leave us your five-star review. It actually does really help. I, I really appreciate it. And thank you from the bottom of my heart for so many downloads and for so much success. This thing has taken off beyond my wildest imagination. And that is really just a testament to you. And I thank you. I just really thank you. But before we go, it's time for today's moment of history. Today, November 17th, 1986, the president and CEO of the Renault Group, right, Renault Automobiles, was assassinated outside of his home in Paris, France. Georges Besset, who was he assassinated by? A group of left-wing anarchists who targeted him because of the way he was running his company. Ladies and gentlemen, you have my permission to lay ashore.